And when I think about Huckleberry and how it was originally started and formed, I was in the thick of that, you know, And, and my age group was very rebellious. That was Denise Coleman, consultant and advisor for Huckleberry Youth. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco, a podcast all about the artists, activists, and small businesses that make this city what it is. Welcome to part one of our episode on Huckleberry Youth. In this podcast, we'll meet Denise and Huckleberry's executive director slash CEO, Doug Stiles. Denise and Doug, both born and raised San Franciscans, will share their stories of growing up and eventually finding their way to this nonprofit, which celebrated 50 years back in 2017 and which serves to provide care and housing for at-risk youth. Here's my conversation with Denise Coleman and Doug Stiles. So, well, okay, I was uh, born and raised in San Francisco, actually born at the... um, what is now known as the Kaiser uh, French Campus, it was known as French Hospital. Okay. Um, Which one is that? The one out on Gary and like Gary at 8th, oh, I think it is. And oh, 8th. yeah, yeah. Yeah. By kind of like by the SFPD station, right? Yes. Down In there. fact, right across the street from yeah. SFPD. I was yeah. just telling my wife the other day because we, we had occasion to be over there. And I was like, I remember that parking lot. I got a COVID test. Way back in the day. Right. When you had to go to get. And to give you some other interesting history, this has nothing to do with anything, but just some other interesting history. My father, when uh, my mother was delivering me, right, Mm -hmm. and they told him that he had to pay cash for the delivery. Oh. Right? And he was like, oh, my God. So he's like calling all these people. But he kept saying, all the white people go up there and they were making payments, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he went up there and graciously said, well, here's my payment. Mm-hmm. And they took it and sent him on his way. Awesome. And I, I, was, I was always interested that he had the foresight and the gumption and the everything else to like do that mm-hmm. in a time in a you know frame where he probably could have been arrested. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> yes. Can you give us a decade? You don't have to age yourself, but like a, a decade you came 50s. into this world. The 50s, okay. 50s, I don't mind. I'm, you know, oh. I'm a very proud 68-year-old. Um, Hell yeah. Well-kept. Yeah. Single. <laughs> <laughs> Black woman. <laughs> yes. Um, that was that was born and raised in San Francisco and okay. uh, lived in. My sister and I were talking about this the other day. We lived in what was called Upper Haight Ashbury. Okay, yeah. Now it's called Coal Valley. Oh, got it. So just it's like south of Haight Street. Yes, uh, over there. Yeah. Yes, over by yeah. uh, Parnassus, by right? The hospital by UC. Yeah. Right. So on a street called Belvedere. Yeah. And uh, you know, I had a great. An interesting childhood. You grew up in the 60s, a little bit and, in the yep, 70s, yep, maybe? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yep. All of that. Can you tell us about oh, your yeah. San Francisco oh, yeah. back then? Um, San Francisco was fun. We just yeah. we just had fun. We played 
all day, every day outside. We came in. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. My okay. father worked two jobs. Yeah. There were five of us, four girls and one boy. Oh, yes. that lucky boy. Yes. Oh, my God. From my perspective, anyway. <laughs> I grew up with brothers, so I'm like, mm. Oh, but listen, sisters are far worse because we're, oh. we're, we're, we're needy. Yeah. yeah. And he's very protective of us as a brother. Okay. Because he was the only, like, male. Yeah. So he was, and my father was always at work. Right. So he felt like he needed to um, to be the male. And we had yeah. to remind him often that he was not daddy. <laughs> Four against one. Wow. Right? <laughs> I know. Okay. Um, and, you know, I mean, we went, childhood was a fun. Our, our, our weekends were spent. Uh, skating or being on a on a uh, skateboard or a homemade uh, roller coaster and scooter and what yeah we homemade roller coaster with barbarian wheels what the heck my father would bring those barbarian wheels he worked yeah. for uh, the train Southern Pacific oh and he'd bring those barbarian wheels home and oh my god yeah nail them on to uh, some uh, two by four and <laughs> just out in the street or... out in the street hell yeah yeah and you'd use rope. As your steering wheel. Yeah. Yes, I love it. <laughs> and it I was love just it. riding down those hills. It was um it was amazing. We had a great time. Yeah, and because I was a teenager during um the Vietnam War mm. and all that happened mm. on Haight Ashbury, mm-hmm. um, I was very much into the demonstrations. Um, marching my little Rudy Tootie down Haight Street like everybody else was into the Golden Gate Park. Yes. And those are um, formative years. Oh, oh, amazing years. Right. And so you were shaped by that stuff. And when I think about Huckleberry and how it was originally started and formed, I was in the thick of that. Right. You know, and and my age group was very rebellious. When I would get uh, mad at my mother for whatever reason, which was often, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) I would go down and chant at the Hare Krishna temple. Okay. Which was on um what was that? Schrader and Frederick. Yeah. Okay. And um and so I learned the Hari Krishna chant to like well. center yourself again or, or just to get out of get the environment yeah. and just to be somewhere where I was just really at peace. Yeah, right. For lack of any other way to put that. Right. Um and so, you know. Home life was 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 different. My father was always gone. My mother was always there. Mm-hmm. So there was that friction mm-hmm. of, you know, oh, my God, she is doing an actual job mm-hmm. now that I realize mm-hmm. that. And I completely and thoroughly understand her. Um, now. Now. Yes. Uh, a friend of mine just wrote this book called Mom Rage. And I can, yeah, mm-hmm. when I think about that, and I think about her um, and all that was expected of her. Right. Um, during that time, yeah. You I, said I, your I dad just, had two jobs. Your mom, your mom had five. Yes. Or six. Or six. Yeah. Right. If you include the house and the cooking and Seven the cleaning including and the husband. washing. And, and mm-hmm. then there's that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was, it was, you know, it was interesting um, mm-hmm. growing up to say the least. Um, I had a sister who at the time was very much involved in the drugs Mm -hmm. uh, in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And she ultimately succumbed to an overdose. I'm sorry. Thank you. 
Um, and that was really hard at that sure. time. Um, you were still a teenager? Or... I was 16. Oh, wow. Yep. I was 16. Okay. And so that was that was weird because culturally, we just didn't talk about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, things happened. They just happened. And you just moved on from them. Right. You know, so um, it was just a different time. Sure. You know, graduating. So, I mean, I ended up graduating uh, from St. Mary's Cathedral. I was just about to ask. Let's hear <laughs> How about a full rundown of all the SF schools you went to? I went uh, grammar school. I was at uh, Grattan, which okay. was right around the corner from where we live. Right. It was great to be able to walk to school. Mm-hmm. And um, from Grattan, I went to St. Agnes. Okay. Which is over on Ashbury. They had a grammar school, elementary school. And are these Catholic? Catholic. Okay. Um, and then from St. Agnes, I went to Herbert Hoover. Okay. And from Hoover, I went to St. Mary's Cathedral, which is where I ended up graduating from. Okay. In 73. Oh, the year I was born. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> did, he happy, say, hey, did he just say that? <laughs> no, I, 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 what I should have said is happy, happy 50th high school reunion. Reunion, we yes. That's, what, that's that. what I meant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll edit that. No, <laughs> that's funny. Okay, um, seventy-three. Yeah. Okay, and and from there went on to the College of Mateo, and I was there for two years. Graduated. I was just about to ask if leaving San Francisco or the Bay Area was ever a question. No. Yeah, you're just like this is it. This is it. Yeah, I, you know, you know. Plus, I was at that age where I, you know, I I need to get out of the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there was a a lot of stuff going on internally, and it was it was time for me to go. My mother and I were best friends as long as I was away from home. When I was at home, yeah, you know. And so, um, where do you fall in the five? I'm like, the fourth one. So next to baby, next to youngest. Okay. Yes, where okay. you had the baby being babied, and then all the other ones done done broke every rule in the house. Yeah, right. Yeah. So now here I am. Yeah, you know a lot of expectations. A lot. Yeah. Okay. College of San Mateo. Did you stay at, living at home, or did no. you you went down there? We or? went down there. Okay. It was uh, myself and two of my cousins, okay. and we got a three bedroom apartment. Yes. I know it was I so excited. It. It's a little no well. Was it Three's Company? No. <laughs> it was fun. Company. It was just being young it, and yes, free. Right. Right. It yeah. was just it was amazing. We had the best time. The best time. That that was probably two of the best years of my life. Awesome. You know, I met some awesome people that are still great friends and it was a good time. Yeah. It was a good time. Yeah. Um, so I left San Mateo. My thought was to uh, go to San Francisco State. I got there and really never connected. Mm-hmm. And um, started just getting on with my life. Started working. Um, Here in the city? Yes. What kind of places did you work? Oh, my God. <laughs> name, name, I don't know, three. Okay, I worked at Granite Brothers, which is a jewelry store. Okay. And I was a uh, collector. I collected on the debt oh. that people had. Got it. <laughs> I also worked for Levitt's. Furniture yeah, store, it. which you'll is love out. it at Levitt. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and I was a um, out, that, was that out here on Geary or that was the one. It was in South City. Oh, South City. Okay, got it. Off of Grand. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and I was a, a a credit authorizer. 
kind of a person. Kind of a similar. Yes, yes, yes. Just going from one to the other. And, um, and so that was my job for a while. And somehow in the midst of all of that, I got hung up in the whole crack epidemic. Okay. I can't, I could tell you how that started, but I won't. (laughs) 70s or 80s Well, you know, let me back up a little bit. This was in the early, in the mid 70s. And once I graduated from San Mateo, I got a job with the airlines as a flight attendant. Oh, okay. Which one? Western Airlines. Oh, yeah. The only way to fly. (laughs) I love how many like (laughs) slogan ad slogans are coming up in this episode. Yeah. Um, and so I, I did that for two years, and that was an incredible experience. Got to see the world. Yeah, a little bit. I got to see, yeah. especially the western part of um, the coast, which is why it was called um, Western. western yeah. Um, so that was fun, and and great. And um, again, I can't even remember, but somehow I don't know if it was in between jobs or while I was still working. Somehow, you know, I started dibbling and dabbling with cocaine here and there, Mm -hmm. and it just went um, from one extreme to the other. Mm -hmm. And I was a full-fledged crack addict, all the things that addicts do um, for years, for a long time, about eight years. Um, And then I went into Delancey Street. Okay. And I was in Delancey Street for almost seven years. Okay. Um, and in Delancey Street, I came in through San Francisco and ended up going to their facility in Santa Monica and then in Greensboro, North Carolina. Oh. And then to Brewster, New York. Wow. So they have campuses in all those places. Yeah. And I had the opportunity to go and, and be a resident um, in each one of them. Okay. Um, and then when I decided to leave Delancey Street, I got a call from um, Mimi Silbert, who runs Delancey Street. She's the, I guess, CEO, CFO, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. A big and, deal. A big deal, right. Mm-hmm. And so she called and asked if we would come out and work at the program uh, that they were starting. It was a juvenile justice program. Okay. Um, and, and so the first opportunity we had, we said no. Right, because we didn't want to leave North Carolina. We were yeah. back in North Carolina and loved it there. Yeah. Right, and um, she asked us again the following year. That was in '98. She asked us again in '99, and we said yes. Okay. And we came out to San Francisco. I hadn't been in San Francisco in like seven years. Seven years. Yeah. And it was a true culture shock. Yeah, it had changed. It had a changed little, for us. Yeah. a little bit. And yeah. my husband says I should have let you buy that house in Greensboro. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Because housing was so expensive here. Yeah. You know, oh, and I didn't even realize how expensive things had gotten, but it was really expensive. So um, so we came back to San Francisco. For that work that you for, were going to do. Yes. Okay. For the work that we were going to do. And the program um, was actually called the Community Assessment and Referral Center, CARC. Okay. okay. And this is in the juvenile justice yes. program. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And after the first year that I was here, um, Delancey Street realized that they couldn't run um, the program anymore. It was just beyond what they had expected and contacted Huckleberry and asked Huckleberry to take over Okay. Uh, the juvenile justice program that right. is, is still in existence now. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I- so you were there for that, I guess, transition uh-huh. to Huckleberry mm-hmm. from Delancey? Mm-hmm. Like a handoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, which makes it really kind of nice because, you know, because I know a lot about the history. Um, and so that's cool, you know, really yeah. kind of bring it um, into focus. So and and so I've been there ever since. So we yeah. we changed hands and it was uh, quite a um, quite an experience working with young people because in Delancey Street, they're all adults. Um, so I right. went from working um, with the adults to working with almost like their children figuratively because right. a lot of the kids, generationally right yeah yes absolutely huh. so it was it was very interesting um and while i was at huckleberry i went back to school got my undergraduate's degree oh um, at state or somewhere at state and then not too long after that um i graduated and started working on my master's okay and so after the first year of my master's my husband got sick um, and ultimately passed away uh, from cancer. Thank you. Um, and I didn't feel like going back to school. Mm-hmm. And I was incredibly depressed and, mm. you know, uh, mourning for a very long time. Sure. And one day I woke up and I said, I'm going back to school. Okay. And so I did. I went back and got my master's at um, 59. Okay. Um, yes. And that was incredibly exciting and incredibly challenging and probably one of the best fucking things I could have done in my life. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Denise, do you have children? I have no children. Okay. You know, and, and you know, I, I had a father. I adored my father. You know, I, I, I saw what he did every day and I knew what he was doing it for, mm. you know, and he was an incredible, incredible man. He had a great heart and people everywhere just adored him. Yeah. And so I always wanted to have my child's father, like the father that I had. Right. And unfortunately I never ran into a man like you that. didn't meet that guy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I always met the bottom of the totem pole. Oh. <laughs> So as a result of that, I never had kids. But everyone in my little uh, community thought I would be the first one to yeah, have a child. Right. And and everyone else had and kids. And I'm but sure me. you're an auntie many times over. Oh my God. You have no you have no idea. Right. You right. have no idea. Yes, yeah. I've I've watched them come from the womb, right? Mm-hmm. And just be right there with them along mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. And then doing and then working in juvenile justice, you you know, you fall in love with a lot of the kids. Sure. Uh, a lot of colleagues. It's just been an incredible experience working at Huckleberry. I've learned so much about politics and how all of that works. Mm-hmm. Um, the juvenile justice system, mm-hmm. um, our young people, and the fact that they do not need to be in jail right. and traumatized for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and working towards that goal. Right on. Yeah. Thank you. I think now might be a good time. <laughs> So I'm Doug Stiles, and I was also born and raised in San Francisco. Okay. In this neighborhood, in the Richmond District. Oh, okay, um, yeah. I first lived on 12th Avenue off Clement. And Still then, inner. The inner Richmond, Still yes. inner, yeah. Inner Richmond. Um, and then my family moved to 5th Avenue, and so lived in two houses uh, growing up here. Okay. Um, and 
Not in the, well, I guess some years in the sixties, I was born in 65. So, okay. um, I don't remember much of the sixties because no. I was a little bit young. That's why I always like to get the but decade the, and I'm like about 10 years later, we could talk about that. Yeah. yeah. But the, the decades are very interesting. You were talking yeah. about season of the witch and you yeah. could see like the movement and the changes of things. And when you leave the city and come back, very different. Um, it, it, it is evolving, I guess yeah. like every place, but it really, it was really has evolved. So you grew up um, in the 70s. So I grew up in the 70s, 70s yes. Yeah. 70s. How was that for you? The 70s were interesting because f- as a kid, it was uh, we had a lot of fun. I think a lot of the There's stories that Denise tells, yeah. we did go-karts riding down yeah. the hill. I remember riding my bike. So here in the inner Richmond, going to the Golden Gate Park, riding all the way out to the beach, hanging out at the beach for a bit, and then riding all the way back by myself. Right, you know, right. Sometimes friends would join, but sometimes not. I'd just get up and go. And There is uh, something that I wanted to say when Denise was telling your stories about growing up in San Francisco. is like not locking doors. Yes. Kids going out yes. and just being kids without parents yes um yes and maybe maybe getting hurt maybe uh getting sick but also surviving and probably being a little tougher and thicker skinned for it is my like you know because i'm i'm a kid of the late 70s and 80s and and that makes sense to me yeah but in today's san francisco it does not make sense it does not compute to people yeah it's very different it's very different um and I remember going to some late movie down in, <laughs> did I tell you this before? No. Down in the Mission District, and I came out and the buses weren't running. So I oh. walked home from the Mission District right. through the Fillmore District. I'm a white guy yeah. by myself. Yeah. And, I mean, everybody knew that was a dangerous place to be, and yeah. you know, I just did it. I don't know yeah. if my mom knew <laughs> that I do know. But you, you would be out doing those kinds of things. It was and practical. I think, point yes, A to point B. Yes. Boom. Yeah. I love that story of walking home from the mission to the inner Richmond and through the Fillmore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, I think people, uh, transplants or younger people will yeah. be like, what? Yeah. Like, And, and then there's also the thing of... Um, or outsiders, people think like San Francisco is a super hilly city. They don't really understand that seven by seven is not very big, but it's a walkable city. Yes, yes. it's an ins- yeah. incredibly yeah. walkable city, and you can find ways around the hills. That's you, the you know, key. and that's yeah. You just got to know where where you need to go right. and stuff. But this, did you follow but, the bus route? Maybe the twenty two route or something? Probably. Yeah, that's probably what yeah. you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would guess so. Um, but it was it was a danger. The seventies were a dangerous time. Sure. I, mean, I was I played basketball in middle school, and I was one of the only white people in the um, not just in my school playing basketball, but in the league or whatever it was. And uh, our coach would walk us out to the bus stop and sit with us at the bus stop because um, there was always concern about getting jumped or, mm-hmm. or things like that. Um, it, it was tough in middle school. I, I know um, people would come. Anyway, it, it was a tough time across, across okay. the board. And can we hear which schools you went to? Please? Sure, if I can remember. Yeah. So I started Damn. off at Sutro. Well, it's inter- each school is an interesting story too. Yeah, sure. So I started off at Sutro, which is wow. uh, in, in Richmond, and then um, th- I was supposed to go to Alamo, which is out in the avenues, but they were building that. So I went mm. to what they called Alamo Golden Gate, which is where the Golden Gate School is on Golden Gate and Steiner. I can't remember. Yeah. 
Um, Sounds right. But at that time, Patty Hearst and the SLA were a block away uh, in an apartment. Um, I didn't know. I was a young kid at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, season of the Witch. Yeah, Season of the Witch ties in. And then uh, from there, I went to, I'm probably missing something. I went to Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Um I am missing. I went to Cabrillo first. So fourth and fifth grade, I was at Cabrillo, okay. which now is office buildings. Um, and that's out at um, 25th and Balboa. Um, then I went to Lafayette for sixth grade. Then I went to Everett uh, down in the mission. Um, church and 16th. 16th. Yeah, church and 16th. And then I went to Lowell High School. Okay. Um, and yeah, so all over the city in terms yeah. of uh, where where I was uh, in terms of schools. Um, but I remember being at Everett when uh, Moscone was shot and uh, okay. the, we were in gym, we were all sitting around and the, and the teacher came in late and said, I'm sorry, but we're, we're going to um, not have class today. And in fact, they let us all go home. I remember yeah. and you just said the mayor's been shot. And uh, there was, you know, I was like, what the hell is going on with this place? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that kind of tension feel, I remember those, the feeling, and I was also just out in the community doing stuff. So it was like, yeah, being a kid at the same time. Do you remember attention before the murders or, or was that sort of like a pinnacle, like, or, or, no, I think there was stuff before that. You you felt it as a kid. My, I was never involved in the protests. I think we're, you know, we're kind of after Vietnam. Sure. Um, My, my parents weren't either. But there was always kind of a, a tension uh, thing. Uh, there was racial tension. The city really is neighborhood focused yeah. in terms of race. And that showed up in different ways mm-hmm. in schools. Um, so there was th- also the LGBTQ tension. Yes. Because that yes. was not um, being warmly embraced exactly. right. by people either. But, right, by certain elements. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't. You know, we think of this as being this accepting city. Uh, no, <laughs> it wasn't always. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, sometimes, I don't want to say forced, but it's like people are just going to do what they, they want to yeah. do. Yes. Yeah. Um, did you, as a kid, you? I'm guessing you probably knew who Moscone was. He's the mayor. But did you know who Harvey Milkard was already in your life? I don't recall at that time. I did know Moscone. Um, I don't recall knowing Dan White. Was a supervisor before, and I yeah. and um, Harvey Milk. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't. I don't recall. Yeah, yeah. But on that day, now you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My dad worked down at the State Building. Oh, and he was working that night when they had the um, white night. White night, and okay. his car got burnt in the. Um, oh. Malay. Dang. So Dang. I know, right? So. <laughs> collateral damage right yeah. of yeah. course right and yeah. you know he was my father was a homophobic he was very 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 mm. very very mad you know mm. um and so mm. but I, re- I remember that night very clearly too yeah yeah, yeah. and i remember feeling my parents being worried mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not saying a lot about it but just feeling that kind of caution and yeah like this is tense and yeah i'm young enough that you know i missed and i didn't grow up in san francisco but um i would think like my equivalents are 9 11 maybe january 6th of like this crap is unfolding and you're like what's next yes you don't know when it's or maybe even earthquakes where you're like well that was fun when is it (laughs) what's next just 
doing the math, you must have graduated high school in the early 80s. Yes, 83. 83, which is also the year Return of the Jedi came out. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> well, it's so uh, I remember the Cornet Theater was right, right around the corner where oh, we are. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to go when the first Star Wars came out with 77, Seven. I think. Uh-huh. We would go in to the early show. And then we'd go into the bathroom in between shows and then sneak back in yes, for a second one. So we'd like see it over and over Hell again. Yeah. I saw that movie so many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Hey, that worked when I was still a kid. Yeah, in yeah. the 80s, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but you were at the Cornet. Let's just dork out. <laughs> <laughs> the Cornet I brought it up. Yes. <laughs> Star, the Star Wars. That yes. Um, okay. So what was after... High school for you? So after high school, I went to UC Santa Cruz, Mm -hmm. uh, just down the road. Mm -hmm. um, And I majored in theater with an emphasis in directing. Okay. And uh, was... um, Had a a wonderful time. (laughs) Had a great time there. Yes. And in Santa Cruz, it was an interesting time. When I went there, it was a very small school. Uh, They had, I don't know, 6,000 students or something like that. Okay. And by the time I left, they were up to 10, 11,000. Oh, wow. And now it's grown um, since then. So it really was a small school when I went, which was really nice. Um, A a walkable campus. I loved walking around uh, there. It was beautiful up in the Redwoods um, and had some really interesting uh, instructors and uh, met some fabulous people. It was a great time. So I went and worked in the theater for a year, a year plus. Was that in Santa Cruz or or where was that? So I went back to the Berkshires in Massachusetts and uh, was a production manager for a theater there and trained uh, actors, was doing acting classes and workshops, um, and really enjoyed doing the workshops more than doing the production uh, side of things. Because teaching more than, because I know production is its own. Well, production's fun, but what I, what I, I liked the art rather than the product. So the, the creativity, I should say, rather than the product. Yeah. Okay. And because the product, in the end, eventually you need to make money and there's compromise. And and I really liked working with the people and like yeah. seeing the ideas burst and yeah. seeing what came out of uh, individuals or groups when they work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I came back to San Francisco and... Um, what brought you back? Uh, you said you did enjoy. I did. I, and I enjoyed so being back. In, um, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so, you well, know, I was in my 20s. And, yeah. And I kind of worked through the, the theater that I was in and d- wanted to do something else. Wasn't sure. I started to apply to graduate programs in theater directing. Okay. Uh, and came back to San Francisco, moved in with my parents, uh, and worked through that application process. Didn't get in anywhere. Oh. Uh, and then... In, That's a sign. Yes. Well, it was a and sign. it's a bummer, but you're like, oh, okay, well, let's what's, just what next? Yeah. And so move on. What I did then was there's a local school, the California Institute of Integral Studies, that mm-hmm. had a program in drama therapy. Over in... The, in they're, they're in San Francisco. No, they're in okay, yeah. Okay. And... And I thought drama therapy, that's kind of what I'm talking about is how do you work with people using creativity? And I thought, I'm going to learn about this and then go back and train actors or whatever. 
But that's kind of what shifted me into working with people in a therapeutic way, um, okay. using creativity, using psychology. Um, yes. And so I got my master's there. Uh, after that, I went to uh, Connecticut and worked back at the, the uh, yeah back north, to the East Coast, Northeast, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> and worked at the National Center for Post Traumatic Stress Disorder at the VA in, okay. in New Haven, Connecticut. Wow. Uh, worked with a lot of uh, Vietnam vets and mm-hmm. some Korean vets, and at that time, Gulf War vets were coming back. And so this so, is nineties. Yes. Yeah, so this is nineties. Okay. Exactly. Early nineties. And that was um, fascinating and um, challenging and sad and and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but being on the using the creative arts, using theater, and uh, trying to help people cope with all of the things that were going on, what was really uh, fascinating. So from there, I decided I need to learn more about this stuff. So I applied to a doctoral program here in the Bay Area uh, in psychology, got my clinical uh, PhD in psychology, worked with uh, adults primarily until I graduated uh, and then um, found that most of the jobs were working with families and youth. Mm. And I thought, well, I need money, so I better take these jobs. Found that I really loved working with adolescents and families. In terms of um, those sparks and creativity that we're talking about, but also the the struggle and the challenge of who am I becoming is kind of mm. the adolescent phase. Right. Very interesting. Really difficult, but very interesting to work with. Yeah. Spent a couple of years in a Sacramento area working with a family um, agency doing uh, clinical work. Okay. Um, then moved back to San Francisco. Um Took a job. Someone out there is keeping count. I know. You're kind of back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> keep you away. Um, I think that's what it speaks to you more. What is I, it? I left my yes, heart. Left my heart. Back. And then you caught up with your heart. Yeah. yeah. And I, so I moved to San Francisco, but worked down the peninsula for 10 years at an agency uh, and moved into administrative management positions. Okay. Uh, created training programs for um, clinical psychology for master's and doctoral level people. Oh, wow. So um, now you're teaching the teachers. Yeah. And then um, had two kids along the way, um, but have been. That doesn't in, change anything. No, either. no, nothing. No, that's uh, that's just adding <laughs> tasks to your day. No, the the amazing thing. I'll just say this: the amazing thing about having kids, uh, for me anyway, was that I became a whole different person. Right. It wasn't. I joke about. Oh, it's not just adding tasks. You don't just now drive somebody someplace, or you don't just now show up at the parent teacher conference. You become a whole different person. Yeah. And um, so that was happening simultaneously. Um, then I was there for 10 years uh, at this agency. Yeah. On the peninsula. On the peninsula. Okay. And I was ready to do something new and different. And I happened to be tracking this agency in San Francisco called Huckleberry Youth Programs. Tracking. Yes. And I saw that the executive director was announced retirement. Okay. And so uh, I thought maybe this is a uh, time for me to move. That was Doug Stiles and before him, Denise Coleman, both of Huckleberry Youth. Check back next week for the conclusion of our episode on Huckleberry Youth. Part two drops next Tuesday, wherever you get podcasts. 
Music for Storied San Francisco was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our sixth season, we have more than 200 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're able to, please rate and review the show and drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Keep rejecting those silly doom loop narratives about our city. Stay wacky, weird, healthy, and creative. And we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. We acknowledge and respect the first humans of the unceded land we call San Francisco, the Ramaytoshaloni. We condemn the genocide of these and other tribes across the Western Hemisphere. We honor their legacy and history, and we support rematriation and sovereignty efforts. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.